0: another piece just like the uh, MEC and regionalizing uh, different arts of government and saving our local communities dollars by not having, total, having to totally fund a particular area uh, where it could be uh, joined up with another town or uh, many more towns.
1: Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere in the internet, WFPR.fm and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial in the car in your home. 102.9. Town Council meeting last night went almost three hours. And we've got our town council chair this morning to do our town council quarterbacking session. Good morning. Well, actually, good afternoon, Tom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good afternoon, Steve. Uh, yeah, we're a little later than normal, uh, and I apologize for that. But uh, a couple of things going on, so uh,
1: no apologies necessary. Um, I appreciate one clearly, and I've said it multiple times. I'll say it again and reemphasize: I appreciate the effort you take to do this recapture condensation of the meetings. It's gonna. It's so beneficial for our listeners, but. You've had some rather challenging family issues to deal with. And I, because of that, I truly appreciate oh. you're taking time, even if it's a rejudgable schedule to do this. I mean, there are there are priorities. And granted, this one's important, but it's yep. not the highest piece.
0: Understood. And understood. And thank you for your understanding.
1: Uh. Uh, absolutely. I mean, Franklin matters, but, you know there are other issues that are more priority to that but that yeah, fam-
0: family will always come first
1: absolutely so, absolutely yeah. so being mindful of your time as well and we appreciate that we'll dig right in and you started off with a bunch <laughs> of appointments which for the listeners generally the appointments to the boards committees commissions et etc done on an annual basis generally the terms are staggered but each June there's usually a set of appointments made and then there were some openings that this effectively is kind of the second batch to complete most of it as I understand.
0: That that's correct. Uh Steve, uh we had some appointments to the AG AG Commission, Cultural District Design Review, Finance and Franklin Cultural Council. Uh last night's appointments were uh just to complete some openings that were still open. And uh, when we uh, made all the appointments, the annual appointments in June, there were a few openings. uh, And these complete most of the openings, there may still be one or two uh, more. But for the most part, this completes uh, all of the uh, appointments to the different committees and commissions.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think having seen uh, and clearly during the process, I know most of the, at least from observation of the committee meetings and commissions that I do attend to, generally they start discussing in an April, May timeframe, who's going to, who's up for renewal, who wants to renew. They start working through that. In some cases, I think maybe people, you know, decided at the last minute and or they still didn't have the renewals and there were still needed to fill additional spots that may have been open prior so. Yeah, we'll check later. Um, I know the town, now that this has been approved, will actually be updating the volunteer page. Um, but the key point here is, yeah, I think we're done, at least in terms of the bulk reappointments. There yeah. may still be a position or two. And as a general notice, and we've talked about it before, if people are interested in one way or another, there's a volunteer application. You can always put it in. And if you don't get selected in one particular point, they do keep that list. And it's likely some of those uh, we're, were drawn from to fill in these cases, too.
0: Uh, and that's absolutely right. Uh, people can go to the website, people who are interested in serving the community. And, uh, you know, again, this is another opportunity uh, for me on behalf of the town council to say thank you to those people who uh, step forward and are giving of their time and expertise, uh, knowledge to uh, help the community in their service to these different committees, councils, commissions uh, uh, that we Need people
1: to volunteer for. Yeah, I'll just re emphasize uh, thanks as well. Um, your work, specifically on the council, all the school committee, all the boards, as we mentioned, those are all volunteer positions and residents. Yes, they are volunteer, they are not paid. The only one elected paid position is our town clerk. Uh, everybody else employed by the town trees up under either Jamie Helen on the town side or Lucas Jagir on the school side. Um, And they're compensated for what they do. And they do that well as well. So we thank them for what they do. But the volunteer work, your oversight, you're in providing that extra guidance, that community input, et cetera, that is key to the success of the community.
0: Without question. Without question. And we thank everyone.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a good segue into we had a legislative update from our two representatives well two representations from our legislators
0: <laughs> right <laughs>
1: representative right. roy in particular but then senator Becca Roush as well so
0: uh exactly uh our legislative uh body comes before us uh annually uh, sometimes more frequently uh but generally an- annually around this time of year just to give us an update as to what's going on in the state house. And obviously uh, we thank Senator Roush and representative Roy for all the very hard work on behalf of the town of Franklin and our residents. We thank them so much for all they do. We are very fortunate to have to uh, have our representatives in the uh, uh, house, as well as the Senate uh, that work very hard for our community and uh, are very devoted to the town and do a lot for us.
1: Yeah, I think two pieces I'd reemphasize and add to that. Uh, one, certainly spend a moment or two. I think Kobe Frangello's comment uh, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen. That, that awesome. nailed it. Yeah. But then the key point within that is the list of updates that both Rep. Roy went through and Respectfully Senator went through, that is quite expense, extensive and expansive. They've got a lot on their plate, um, not only just for us, but on behalf of the Commonwealth. So we are indeed fortunate to have them representing us in that matter.
0: Absolutely. You know, uh, and uh, a lot of the legislation is things that they've, brought to the house and brought to the Senate on our behalf and, uh, have helped us immensely. You know, they, they bring us an update annually on the chapter 70 money, uh, and the chapter 90 money and the increases that we'll be receiving in those two. I think the chapter 90 money is up to 933 million, I think. And the chapter 70 money, uh, what we expect in chapter 70 is uh basically the school the state uh piece of uh the school funding which is up to 29, 29.2 million I think and again that's a modest increase we get the minimum increase because of our current uh status and the way the formula works and mm-hmm. Uh, I defy anybody to understand that formula, (laughs) Uh, having worked with it in the 90s uh, when we were getting substantially more than everybody else. uh, And because we were uh, the fastest growing community in the state, we reaped the benefits and now we're kind of at the lower end. Uh but the formula is very cumbersome, very difficult to understand uh but it is out there for you to look at if you want uh but our portions uh uh representative Roy and uh Senator Rouch brought to us last night, and it's kind of uh in line with what we expected uh one of the other pieces they spoke about was the Uh, the circuit breaker and the special ed uh, piece that was out of uh, the initial uh, budget brought forward, but has since been put back, which is a huge need for our community. And uh, we got an opportunity to thank uh, Rep. Roy and Senator Roush last night for working very hard to get that uh, and and I'll give the Senate president who's very involved and mm-hmm. right. definitely uh was part of our legislative group uh, up until this year. Uh Karen Spilka's uh Senate President Spilka, who was uh fought very hard as well to get this uh that circuit breaker back in there. So uh we are certainly appreciated that update. We did get uh an update on Franklin Ridge which is the uh senior housing uh behind uh Eaton Place mm-hmm. uh, that we're working with uh are uh, uh, I think in the budget uh and correct me if I'm wrong Steve I think the number was 250,000 but I'm not 100% sure uh uh that that's the exact number that uh uh they were able to put aside state uh, an earmark for that so uh, we certainly appreciate that as well and uh representative Roy spoke about uh have being involved with the uh in the environmental committee in they uh, uh at the state House uh spoke about the uh what they're doing to, Help broaden the Mass Save program mm-hmm. uh, to maybe assist more uh, residents throughout the Commonwealth. That's not just uh, Franklin, but uh, I think that was a piece that uh, I was really happy to hear because over the last number of years, Mass Save has done a great job in helping people uh, upgrade furnaces. Uh, oil subsidies, all of these things. So uh, it was nice to hear from Reproy that uh, the they are looking to broaden the scope of the things that they can help. Yeah, a
1: and, couple uh, of clarifications but, to add to and help you with, um, on the roads piece, you mentioned the total, I think 930 million. That's the state total. That's not the Franklin total. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
1: So, and that's part of the problem that both of us had in terms of tracking, because I think Rep. Roy specifically and respectfully, he was giving us a total and then kind of in this legislation, but then a total to date. So it tended to get confusing. I think it was 100 or 150 in some cases, but then there was yeah. a total of 500. To, uh, so it was hot. just go back and listen. The details are there. We're not trying it, to misrepresent it, anything.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And I apologize. Uh, you know, I, I know no. that that is the statewide number of Chapter yeah. 90. Money, Uh, But it's something. uh, And I brought up the chapter 90 because it's roads and it's something that is near and dear to our hearts. And it's something it's a piece of our annual budget that always seems to get clipped a little bit.
1: Well, oh, and to your credit, this is the first annual budget, operating budget, to my knowledge, in my years of reporting, that you actually have some money in there for roads as a line item specifically. Normally, it's just the chapter seven, chapter 90, and 90 funding, right. and right. whatever is on the work project between water and sewer in terms of repairing the streets
0: and the water lines, sewer lines, et cetera. And my fingers are crossed as we uh move forward with this budget. And we're uh I'm very hopeful that those monies stay in those line items and we're able to do the work or at least some of the work that we so desperately need in our roads and infrastructure.
1: Correct. And while we won't spend respectfully us time in terms of what funds they acknowledged last night were in the budget because the budget Oh, by the way, they also acknowledge is still in conference committee. Things may change before it comes out of conference committee. So yeah, we're at least supposed to be getting some increases in appropriate places, which is all good, but the final signatures have not yet come out. So stay tuned for that. The other piece I think we'll add to, and just for the listeners reference, we'll take the point because it's also going to be part of the joint budget subcommittee meetings and the, discussion on the budget and override, et cetera. In the time you were had the opportunity in the school committee, there was a different f- funding formula for chapter 70. And then I think it was in 2016 or 17, the Student Opportunity Act came and that redid the formula. And yeah. yes, our legislative delegation, I think you'll agree, they did three key things. The prior formula would not have given us the money that we were getting. So they kept us held onless. And that's what was referenced last night and then the two areas that we still need are in the transportation and the circuit breaker and that's where we're still getting some increases so
0: exactly exactly and that's why i specifically brought out the uh circuit breaker piece because i think that uh you know and that's just uh kudos to our legislative uh group that working hard for us to keep us held harmless Uh, Otherwise, we'd be uh, we'd be in we'd be in a deep doo doo. uh, We'd be in deep doo doo uh, uh, without that help uh, uh, right now. Never mind moving forward.
1: Um, Yeah, and it would be kind of a one time (sighs) event if they ever took it away. Because, to my understanding, while we were, I think fiscal twenty two, it was like eleven million. Fiscal twenty three was. 10 million. I think we're down to maybe just under 10 million. It'll take us some time. And there's still variation on for our uh, fiscal years as to when it'll be Well, we have to achieve an 82% of our funding. And that's another eight to $10 million that perhaps a million or two per year, that increase will come, will be held harmless until that deficit almost disappears. And then we could stand. But in the meantime, that means money's coming out of our budget on a regular basis in order to support the schools.
0: Exactly, exactly, which we definitely need to continue right. to do.
1: Right, and then that'll be part of that bigger discussion in terms of, okay, yeah, schools have this structural deficit. And, oh, by the way, we know it's going to be there for a number of years, but right. the town also needs more for, as we've talked and we'll go further in that, and as this discussions we, continue we, in yeah. uh, other areas. <laughs> so Yes, for sure. Stay tuned for that Uh, and the discussion starts is the key word, I think,
0: starts August 2nd. (laughs) And that is the key word, starts August 2nd uh, with the Joint Budget Subcommittee. And I just I urge our community, our residents to please come out, tune in uh, and, and learn what are the issues facing our community as we move forward. And as you hear these fees and these new taxes and the and uh tri-county school mm. and needed in our own public schools, all of these things are going to be discussed and we need to look out uh for the next three to five years, which was why I asked to bring these uh this subcommittee. Back together again Mm -hmm. to start the discussions so that we can prepare and be ready. And that's one thing that I will say our community and our legislative, our legislative body, our, our own council school committee has done a wonderful job in being prepared and looking into the future and being ready when these things we have these budget budget issues uh or major infrastructure major issues, issues like uh, you know like the uh uh the The Beaver Street Interceptor, uh, uh, which is a huge, huge piece. And uh, so anyway, this is, as you said, the start. And it's a good place for everybody to jump in and learn right from the beginning as to uh, what we are looking at for the foreseeable future.
1: Right. Right. And while it's the start. It's not the end. There'll be additional discussions so you can at least tap in, catch the meeting recording if you don't catch it live, and then stay tuned to the additional discussions as the numbers get fine tuned, the pencils get sharpened, all those kind of (laughs) analogies come to play there. And then, you know, potentially we'll determine what is a sustainable number. That we need and then what is a sustainable number that the people can afford because that's two sides of the coin and we really need to balance those and that
0: and that's exactly right steve and that's the answer that i give people when when they ask me about it i said you know right in the beginning we have to understand what it is we need and uh do we want to maintain the current level of services that are being provided, not only to the municipal part of our government, but to the school part of our government as well. And if we wanna maintain the current level of services, there's a cost associated with that and an annual increase to that, Uh, And what are those numbers? Those are the things that we're going to be talking about. And then when we find out what those numbers are for the next three to five years, uh, then we look at those totals and say, okay, is this realistic? Is this something that the community can afford? Or what is the number that the, that we feel the community can't afford? Right. Those are all parts of this discussion, and uh, I, I know you'll be there. I know you'll be covering them, and I know people will be able people that can't tune in on August second. I know on Franklin Matters you will have you know the the audio certainly of. Uh, Uh, the meeting and moving forward the continuing recaps of these different meetings and as we put together a three to five year plan and as to what our needs are so tune in
1: tune in more to come yeah so back to last night in particular you had a set a bunch of legislation but the first one was a second reading to fine-tune the new parking regulations et cetera.
0: And uh, basically, uh, parking is an issue, and it's always been Mm. an issue, as long as I've been on uh, the council. But I think we took a really good step forward with our uh, uh, talking about uh, the overnight parking and uh, what we're able to do from 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. Sunday to Thursday. uh, There'll be no overnight parking. And... We've gone to a kiosk system in the uh, Depot Street and Ferrara uh, Ferrara's lot, uh, and there is a kiosk there. And I know uh, I know you've uh, tried it, and i sh- and I know a couple of counselors have. Uh, uh, and as we move forward, I'm sure there'll be a little tweaking that needs to be done. Uh as you and I talked offline, you had a a little issue with it, and but these are things that uh we will work through. Uh but I think it's something positive for the community. Uh, I think it will help our downtown businesses uh and it certainly is a step forward for our parking. Yeah
1: two quick pieces I'll add to that. Um, One, the kiosk is there's actually two at the Depot Street side, and there's one at the Ferrara side. So there's three total. Uh, Both are all kiosks except credit card, dollars, and change. And there's also an app. And it's the app that I had kind of more of an expectation setting that um, I'll work through. And I know the town hasn't actually formally come out with their communications yet around the do's and don'ts, et cetera. So I'll make sure I get the Jamie, et cetera, before that. Um, But it did work. And the other key piece is that actually brings 70 to 80 parking spaces that previously had been restricted to the commuters who were permitted to park in those spots via the lottery system. Obviously, post-COVID, not as much commuting. Even the MBTA parking lot has empty spaces during the day. but So now these two available... 70, 80 parking spots, that should alleviate most of the parking issues for downtown.
0: I, I, and we certainly hope so. And that certainly uh, was our plan as we uh, put these parking requirements together. So there are no more quarterly uh, permits that uh, used to be out there. The fee for a commuter is $3 a day, which is half of what the MBA, MBTA charges. And then from noon to six each day, uh, will be two dollars and free after six, uh, through midnight or you know, to our uh, no overnight parking, which is Mm -hmm. so that's uh, again, uh, a continuation of trying to improve the parking situation downtown. Uh, is this going to solve all the problems? No, uh, but it's continuing to address the concerns of our downtown businesses and our residents and
1: more to come on that but at least uh there'll be additional communications as I mentioned by the town to advertise oh by the way park here now park here the the ins and outs of the app and the different tools so stay tuned for those we'll share those as well moving into really a major significant piece of legislation really three pieces together but we've modified the accessory dwelling unit zoning bylaw and made some significant changes. So as Jamie and others have touted, it is significant. I'll repeat that again. It is significant. There's some major pieces in that it may not solve all our problems, but it certainly is a step in the right direction.
0: It it certainly is. And and, uh, just for people to understand that, ADU is the definition of an ADU is an accessory dwelling unit, and basically uh, maybe a simpler phrase, mother-in-law apartment, father-in-law, in-law mm-hmm. apartment, right. those mm-hmm. kinds of things, but not just for that purpose. And this is, uh, and I have to give kudos to Counselor Hamblin, Counselor uh, Frangillo, uh, Counselor Jones, Counselor Uh, Sheridan, who are all uh, the, which is the EDC subcommittee and the one Franklin committee that was made up uh, of those people, as well as uh, three members of the planning board. And they put in an unbelievable amount of time and effort and hours into bringing this uh, to the Council for Legislation for Action. And I I just can't thank them enough. Uh, I know there were times uh, early on when they said, there's no way we're ever going to get this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ever going to agree uh, and uh, get something brought forward for uh, to put in place. But to their credit, they worked hard. There were many compromises from uh, individuals' uh, ideas and uh, what they brought forward. Uh, Is it the end all of this? No. Uh, But again, I think we used, and I think I used the phrase, uh, maybe not last night, but at the prior meeting, that these are baby steps. And this is a step in the right direction. Uh again, part of this is uh you know, and I know Councillor Frangello speaks to it uh frequently, it allows a young person like himself uh getting started out there, being able to continue to stay in town by uh uh and live in the community that he was brought up in and young families starting out. This will also give those folks an opportunity uh, to uh, maybe be housed in one of these ADUs uh, to help uh, them get started on their future uh, by and staying in our community, which obviously is something we all want everybody to be able to do. But costs just continue to skyrocket for housing. Housing continues to be a major issue that we uh, continue to deal with. And this is a baby step in the right direction to address some of the community's concerns about housing.
1: Yeah, and there were three measures <laughs> together. One, as you referenced, clearly the definition of what is an accessory dwelling unit then the other two pieces were more kind of the use case the table of where it's applicable based upon the various zoning so it's certainly not in a commercial area um but in the residential zones and then uh the third piece dealt with the setbacks in terms of building it on the space if it was an additional piece as opposed to whether it's a use of a basement or an attic or a garage in some cases etc those all together and then the other piece at least we didn't reference yet it also took away one of the prior, because we did have this before, but it also required the member to be in that uh, relation to the homeowner. And Absolutely. that formal family relationship re- aspect is taken away. Um, and that is one of the key pieces that certainly we'll be monitoring as the approvals and the requests go through um, to see that it truly is working.
0: Yes. And uh, that's a. Uh, certainly a good point, Steve, uh, and one I neglected to say, which is uh, taking you, that. You covered family, a bunch. <laughs> yeah, uh, that family, that family piece was a big piece, and it was certainly uh, part of many of the hours of discussion. Mm-hmm. And I would also uh, be remiss if I didn't thank our administrative team uh, uh planning department uh Brian Tab
1: our building uh, commissioner too yeah yes. building
0: because they were involved in equally the same number of hours and time if not more in mm-hmm. putting together uh to get it to the council and i was so happy to see the council approve all three zoning bylaw amendments last night unanimously. Yeah. Uh, that just uh, tells you that what was brought forward was something good and something that we could all get behind and support. And that, again, is a tribute to Councilor Hamblin and the the committee and our planning department. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: uh, And, and as an observer of the process, clearly was the art of <laughs> compromise um yes. in the subcommittee yeah. votes they had various votes where some passed some didn't some got seconded some didn't in the first reading it passed by a 7 to 2 on the second measure in the third reading to your point it passed 90 so yeah i mean it's the auto compromise it's not all there but we're moving forward and that's the key piece so yeah you
0: know. sure
1: sure and, and having mentioned the building commission, it gives us a good segue into the weights and measures now into an intermunicipal agreement that was approved last night to have the county actually take on a duty he just took.
0: <laughs> and yet <laughs> he's probably too busy anyway. So this is probably yeah, a good move. For absolutely. Us. Absolutely. This is uh, uh, another uh, great move. uh, uh by our uh, administration and uh, signing on to this. And again, the this inter- municipal agreement. Uh, again, this is just another piece, just like the uh, MEC, and regionalizing uh, different parts of government and saving our local communities. Dollars by not having totally having to totally fund a particular area uh, where it could be uh, joined up with another town or many more towns. Uh, in case of the Mec so uh I applaud the efforts of the uh our administration in helping to uh bring this into municipal agreement uh with the county with Norfolk county and uh I think as uh our town administrator said last night uh starting off it's just uh, two or three of us uh but we expect many more to be uh jumping in. Uh, as this moves, continues to move forward.
1: Uh, It's a good move. And I think relatively, What I think they even mentioned like a $10,000 budget savings initially, potentially as more communities go, then the annual cost may actually decrease over time. Although given expenses and inflation, who knows what that future is, there may still be some increases, but at least with more participation, we may have less to pay. So yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: Moving target. Yes. Um, in terms of kind of like the work's not ever fully completed until the paperwork is done. Um, once upon a time, many years ago, Pond Street property got sold off. There was a big whole hullabaloo discussion around that. Uh condominium developed finally got made. There was provisions in that for us to keep some conservation space. And last night you actually authorized for the town (laughs) administrator to finish the conservation-preservation restrictions around those two parcels.
0: Uh, that's correct. And uh, for those people who aren't familiar with uh, Bro- uh, Brookview uh, condominiums, uh, that's basically, and for lack of a better reference, the old sewer beds in Franklin off of Pond Street uh, by 495. Uh, that condominium uh, complex is... Uh, back when it was uh being built or when it was being permitted uh negotiated a couple of uh, uh open space pieces and last night uh now that the project's complete now we have to finalize the uh open space gift to the community and we authorized the town administrator to proceed with that uh uh with that piece of the Brookview condos and the open space being given back to the town.
1: Yeah, And just to help clarify the references, is Brookview because it's a view of Minebrook um, uh-huh. and the open space was accessed to continue our access as Franklin residents to the Brook and some of the trails, et cetera. I think Councilor Frangelo mentioned that he went through and it's a rather narrow path, but at least the parking and the signage is clear. So that when you go in there, you know where you can park, you know where you can get access.
0: Um, yeah, and, we did. Uh, and there was some conversation, I think, Councilor DeLarco remembered that there was talk maybe of a, a boat launch or, or a, a kayak, or something, kayak yeah. launch or something along those lines. And it is very narrow, but, uh, you know, and it does take a little, uh, you, you'll you have to carry uh, your kayak a little bit if that's where you want it to go. There's really not a good uh, boat launch, so to speak. Right. So, uh, but it does continue, give us continuous access. Uh, and there's a nice little parking area and it's identified where uh, people can uh, park to go into the uh, Mine Brook area. So, mm-hmm. another good piece, another piece of open space.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And the devil's in the details. And you got to follow up on the paperwork. The paperwork is absolutely required. So
0: additional
1: additional paperwork you closed with uh, a gift acceptance. So the residents in the community is continuing to provide some funding in this case for uh, veteran services and fire department. And of course, you said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Uh, Having been involved in the community uh, uh, as an elected official for many, many years, uh, I'm always in awe of the continued uh, support and gifts from our residents, our local businesses, Uh, that continue to give to help our veteran services, our senior centers, our library, our fire department, our police department. Uh, It's on a regular basis, uh, you know, by by law, by mass general laws, we as a council have to accept these gifts. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're always seeing them. And I just, I, I guess I just can't say thank you enough to our residents and our local businesses for their continued support uh to our different organizations within the town
1: yeah definitely it's a regular piece I think it's almost monthly the way the administration on the one hand is also helping you with the paperwork side because you would have to approve each individual one so now they're kind of bucketing them together so you get one approval for the two in this case it could be three five six seven eight nine but it's it's almost on a monthly basis that you're doing that so that's kudos and thanks absolutely
0: yep yep for sure
1: good well i know you got a busy day Um, Uh, i know we got more business coming family and work side as well um thank you again for taking time hopefully the residents will appreciate this condensed version of the almost three-hour meeting last night
0: yeah well thank you steve Uh, and again thank you for all you do and thank you for all uh franklin matters which totally totally is a a great outlet for our community and our uh your local legislators your mm-hmm. council your school committee to be heard uh not people not having to just come to a meeting or tune into a meeting being able to have access to this a shortened version of a conversation. Yeah. But yet, if they <laughs> hear a part that they want to get into even more and hear really hear the details, they can click on Franklin Matters and they can get the full audio of the entire meeting. So, thank you for all you do as well.
1: No, thank you. I have a whole lot of fun to do doing this. I'm always learning something, um, and generally, it's fun as well, which is one of the reasons why I do it. But I do it, certainly, and it's a frequent reminder that I close with. I do it because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. and by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.